never seen a lame man walk Never heard a dumb man talk Never seen a blind man see I promise you a pain Never seen a canceled death Never seen all the poor get fed Never seen a prisoner set free I promise you a change Cat daddies out there and cat mamas and you cool cat cats and kittens. Cool cats out there. How you doing? This is your boy Bigger T, and this is the Big C and Bigger T podcast coming at you live and in effect from not two different places, count them three different places. I got my boy as always, Big C Clint Clark. How you Ooh. doing, Clint? Man, I'm great. I am great. Um, it's good to have for y'all for those of you who are just listening on Apple Podcast, Telemundo, TNN, Spotify, the Ocho Plus, Fox, whatever you're listening to us on, whatever you got us from. We got baseball bow back with us. We'll talk a little bit of hog baseball. But right now, we're gonna be talking that nonsense. That's right. We got our boy Bo Morgan from beautiful, coming to us live from beautiful Harmony Grove, East Camden, Arkansas. How you doing, Bo? Oh man, couldn't couldn't be better. The sun finally popped out after about a day hiatus. So yeah. we're doing great. That's right. Now, now Bo, me and you <laughs> are both both fathers, right? I mean, I have I have two kids. You have at least one that I know of. You got a boy that plays baseball. Travis has not found that special lady to have children with yet. Even though, once again, I, I cannot emphasize this enough. Enough. Travis C. Johnson's DMs, wide open. Wide open. Wide open. Get him on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, anything. He's rarely checking his spam. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> and he's also regularly eating spam that's right yeah bo do you like spam spam sandwiches it's been a while since i've had a spam sandwich yeah. i don't remember if i liked it or not i remember my mom before a football game one time made me a fried spam sandwich and being the well-conditioned athlete i am i did not see why this was a bad idea <laughs> that's right yeah I was looking. I was looking in pregame like I was a couple of weeks ago during the podcast. Like, okay, you're at to just block four <laughs> Um So keep taco wagon before a baseball game. Yeah, don't do that. I mean, just do dumb stuff when we're kids, and that was one of the ones that I did. So I, I was telling Travis, I messaged him the other day. I said, I've been watching this show, and I can't quit watching it. It's on Netflix. It's called Old Enough. It is a Japanese television show they put on on Netflix and 
what they do is they tell they give these three-year-olds, like a three-year-old, four-year-old kid a task and just say, hey, go do this. Like they'll send them to the grocery store to pick up like oranges and maybe a banana and some knockwood. I don't know what they're picking up, I, but they send these kids and somehow they, they manage to do it. Now they get distracted and along the way and all kinds of things happen, but I'm like, man, my son's 10. I wouldn't send him to Walmart to go pick up anything. <laughs> I just, I'm like, I, at what age would Tom Clark have said, Hey, you got this. <clears throat> so how about you, Bob? Growing up, did you get to send on errands? Well, we did. We had a we had a little country king. It's called King's Corner, little mm -hmm. country for about a quarter of a mile down the road. Now, the most dangerous thing, well, I shouldn't say, the our road is called Old Wire Road was the name, and that was like the local drag strip for anybody who wanted to see how fast their vehicle would go. Mm -hmm. But we were often sent on that road, which we had to cross a set of railroad tracks to get to the store as well um, to go down to the store and pick up whatever item, you know, we may have needed for the day that somebody forgot. Hey, just run down to the store real quick. We, we rode our bikes probably, probably 10, but no Walmart trips. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know, you know, and the, and the kids are, of course, they're not just like, Hey, good luck crossing I-40 kid. Um, yeah. They're kind of supervised. They have camera guys that are, you know, around, but still like, you know, it, it's funny to watch how easily they get distracted. It's kind of like taking me somewhere. Um, now, Clint, when I was a kid, I, I had a little different childhood. Okay. Um, yeah. No, you did. My mom, my mom and dad divorced when I was five. And so it was just me and my mom. and We, we didn't have a lot of money. And so we would go to the laundromat. In fact, we didn't have a washer and dryer from the time I was six until I was about 10 I think we finally got one and <clears throat> when I was about five or six my mom would would drop me off at the laundromat and I would start the laundry and she would go just now not very far there's a grocery store just in Clinton just not far from the just kind of in the, almost the, across the parking lot from the laundromat but she would drive down to the leave me at the laundromat to wash the laundry and she would go buy groceries while we were getting all the laundry going. <laughs> okay. So now I don't know. She wouldn't necessarily just send me into the stores, you know, and, and I did like Bo, there was a local IGA store, you know, she'd send me on my bike if she needed some last minute milk or bread or something like that. But but, you know, I guess when we were younger, but, you know, like kids nowadays, man, I've had teenagers go with me on youth trips. They can't order in a restaurant. No, no, they can't. <laughs> you know, you know I got seventh grade and they can't, they're not used to even ordering in a restaurant on their own. You, know? you think that these folks that are like in their mid fifties used to look at us when we were younger and be like, these kids are dumb. <laughs> yeah. They're dumb. They're just dumb. I am I'm sure my mom couldn't drop me off anywhere because I had an unhealthy paranoia that they were just going to leave me. Really? I, I don't know why, but I would like literally freak out like all the time. Like they took too long running in somewhere. I'm like, they've left me. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to raise myself. I'm going to wind up in a in foster care. Yeah. Uh, I've so dirt too many times. 
Man, I was young before Joe Dirt. Uh, uh, <laughs> Joe Dirt, I'm about the same age as David Spade. I don't, I don't know how old David Spade is. We got to be close. Yeah. No, I, you know, I never even thought about that when I was a kid. Of course, I was Enough being you know, left. I, yeah, I, <laughs> I never had a fear of that. It was always like, hey, I get to go somewhere. Yeah. You know, she'd give no. me, some, you know, a dollar for the vending machine. You know, or some quarters for the vending machine. I'd be scared to go to the bathroom. I got a candy bar out of the deal. Yeah. I'd be scared to go to the bathroom. I'm going to come out like Sue would be gone. Yeah. I hadn't, there's no healthy reason behind it. That's just, you know. Yeah. Well, one of my favorite stories to tell, too, was, you know, like I I started learning how to drive at a very early age. Like I had had an aunt that was in high school and she'd take me out on, we'd get bored. I'd be five, six years old. you know, she would like let me steer and she would, she would do the, the pedals for me. And then once I got old enough, you know, once I got a little older, she'd take me out on dirt roads and I'd stand up and drive and, and work the pedals myself. But one of my favorite stories is when I was 11 years old, I wanted to go to church real bad one night and my mom wasn't feeling good. And so she let me drive to church by myself at 11. <laughs> in a Pontiac Fiero two-seater <laughs> and she said and she threatened me she said don't you tell anybody and don't show any of your friends the keys and park on the on the other side of the parking lot you know and all this stuff and I never I never had to get on a highway we were uh in fact I was pretty much in the same neighborhood as the church uh, so I had to, but it was still about, probably about, you know, three quarters of a mile driving or something like that, a mile driving. And I was 11 years old. <laughs> so, and you know what? I didn't tell anybody. I was, I was scared. I didn't want to tell. So some of the but, stuff our parents ahead, and grandparents let you get away with. That's my grandmother had a Volkswagen Beetle when we were mm-hmm. growing up. So she was a teacher. She taught fifth grade. When we were kindergartners, me and my my middle brother, we're only a year apart. So when we were kindergartners and first graders, you know, about through fourth, we went to the elementary school, a different school. And she taught at. We rode the bus from the elementary school over to the middle school Mm. and would ride home with my mamma. Well, she had this Volkswagen Beetle. Of course, you know, there's not hardly a back seat in that thing. Oh, yeah. We would take turns riding on the console as a three-speed and she would hit the clutch, and me or my brother would shift for her as we're going down the road. You know, she'd drive. Of course, no power steering, no anything. Oh, yeah. Tight. Like, you know, she grew up in the Depression. She's super tight, penny saver type deal. Well, this same road, we'd turn on to OR Road, and she we would be speed shifting to build as much speed up as possible to hit the railroad tracks. And we railroad tracks, and as soon as you went over them, she would kill the car and coast the next probably 300 yards up the hill and turn, I mean, like a tire screeching turn into the driveway, fly up in the garage and hit the brakes. But she had to keep up that amount of speed in order to make it all the way to the garage where she wouldn't have to start her car back up and spend that 89 cents per gallon gas. Oh, wow. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. We do anything for that 89 cents per gallon gas. Yeah. That's cool. 
Oh, man, that's funny. Well, as usual, guys, we normally do a holy snikes moment. We have a pretty special one this week. Yeah, it Cole was sort of he, he kind of hinted to me about this, but I didn't know when it was. He never did tell me when the date was he was doing this. But right. he kind of hinted he was this was coming up. But he he I don't he, I don't I don't think he may have told me I don't remember. But I don't think I he did. ever told I kept me. pretty hush hush. He kept pretty hush hush, Bo. You see, Clint has a past. I do. As which wouldn't shock you at all, I'm sure. <laughs> and Clint has a past, not only that's got some jaded moments, but some interesting moments. But right. Clint has some moments, Bo, where he was a professional wrestler. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. When I say professional, I'm talking about around Arkansas. Yeah. Um, as far away and, as Osceola, people. Yeah, that's right. And Oh, that's, Probably that's the biggest paycheck he got out of a night was about 50 bucks, something like that. Oh, no, it's 20 bucks. I mean, <laughs> guys, if you're going to do independent wrestling in the state of Arkansas, you're not doing it for the money. <laughs> that's right. I got, I got paid 20 bucks for this one, and it matches my largest payday ever. Um, right. So, why I, do you do it, Clint? I do huh? it for the glory. <laughs> no, it, and you know, I, I came back. Um, two years ago, and I'd wrestled Kid Crazy, a guy that I'd helped train. Uh, Chris Jordan's his name. And I actually did a podcast with Brian Wilson. He has a podcast called Life Unraveled. And anyway, me and him did this on his podcast with that match. Um, but I came back, and then COVID happened right when we were doing the story. Because I was, was going to come back. I'd beat him, and I came back, and I wanted to put him over. You know, that's what the idea was. Um, and then COVID happened, so I never got to put the – I kind of got to put a bow on it, but I didn't feel like I tied it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, I was wanted, I wanted one more match, and it just happened to be I saw a flyer um, that they were doing one in the castle at Greenbrier. They, they've got this building, and it's like a Western motif inside in, like, a medieval castle outside. I don't know what they're thinking. <laughs> It's like it's like it's like someone decided they were going to decorate this place. Like, can't just throw that in there. I don't care. <laughs> uh, but, um, so we go we go to the and I, I was like I recognize one of the guys on there and I'd work with that, that not ended with a battle roll and I got stuck in the battle roll and I was just like somebody just dragged me over the top rope. I can't go. Over. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's what they did. They got me out somehow. They got my large self out. But I'd work with a little bit. And I'm like, well, this is a guy I could work with if I ever want to do one last match. So I'd basically, hey, who are you working? And he goes, well, nope, they ain't told me yet. I said, well, I would like to work you because I like to have one last match. So this Saturday, I took on Draven Morrow in Greenboro, Arkansas in one last match. And uh, back to the hometown. The hometown, I, I let them know. And you know what? And you haven't seen the match, Travis. It's on YouTube, I and I've, 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 I've kept you away from it up until this point. Now let's let's set it up now. Okay, so Draven Monroe is his name. Dra right? Draven Moro, versus the Wild Card Colton Cash. Now, are you heel in this? Oh yeah, you know I've got to be the heel. Yeah, Clint's Clint's normally heel. He, I mean, he's the bad guy. Okay. Now, yeah, for those of y'all listening on podcasts. Uh, I'll try to do my best, and, and the guys will help me. We'll do our best to explain what's happening. 
but uh, Clint's. Uh, I'm here. I have no butts. I'm having trouble keeping my pants up. Clint's and talking. So, yeah, talking to guy because the thing is, I didn't. Um, I didn't want to. I'm trying to make this as least stressful on me as possible. So I, I just said, man, I didn't even because I overthink stuff like entrance music. And uh, and so I said, just play some generic crap. I'll come out to that. And so now here comes here comes Draven Morrow. So you're waiting in the ring for Draven Morrow. So you're coming out yeah. as the heel. Usually that's how it works. The heel, the bad guy comes out first a lot of times, or whoever you know they're trying to put over is the good guy. Come out second. Now that's a nice coming, ring. It is a nice ring, and, and you know this is the looking so. You know, but you see, I mean, it, look, you see how it's Western in there, and you've got like the stalls over there, completely yeah. medieval castle outside people. <laughs> I, I mean, okay, Draven Moreau looks is wearing a long leather jacket with sleeves cut off. Right. Yeah. Now he's flying around. Wait, no. He's taking off his glasses. He's got those rose-colored glasses. I thought he was threatening you with the claw there for a second. Yeah, he did oh, he's got a big beard. Are that you is a, of the beard? I'm not afraid of the beard at this point. I'm not. But now I'm gonna tell you, I get can y'all hear the sound? Because I get to cut a promo here before the thing. And it is brilliant. I'm proud of myself for this. See, they love 250 pounds, all right. From the temple of chaos. He's from the Temple of Chaos? Yeah. Where's that at? Outside Rooster. My name is Colton Pack. And unfortunately, I'm from this crap old. Like, I'm not happy to be from Greenbrier, people. I'm from this crap old in the town. What'd you say? I said the only thing I like about this town is to look at in my rearview mirror as I leave. Now I tell them, I'm like, with tonight's winnings, when I win this match tonight, I will finally have the money to move somewhere nice. <laughs> like Valonia. Like like Valonia. <laughs> oh, Clint, no, you did. Oh, yeah. hey, look right there. Look right yeah. there. It is. I broke it the back. Purple out. Singlet, the purple singlet, folks. The purple singlet makes its if, way if back. You, if you listen to this on Apple Podcasts, you may want to. Uh, this one you may want to check out on YouTube if you want to see Clint a purple yeah, singlet. Definitely need to find your way to YouTube for this one. <laughs> I know <laughs> Bo's life has changed now. <laughs> I'm pointing at my son right here, and I tell him, like, this kid keep calling me Barty. I want him thrown out. <laughs> Got, oh, that's I, how you I, got the heat for the Barney thing, huh? Oh, I got the heat. I've already made him mad, and I'll give him something to make fun of. For those of y'all just listen, Clint's complaining to the ref now about something. About the people He's, calling me Barney, because my feelings are frankly hurt. <laughs> oh. Well, <laughs> hence the, you know, with the, you wear a, a guy your size wears a purple singlet. You know, we're yeah, asking I, for the Barney thing right there. I look like I'm ready for a live action remake of the Grimace commercial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 
I tell them, like, you call me Barney one more time, I'm out of here, people. I'm out. Like, I'm, I'm fine. I'll just go ahead and leave. <laughs> you know what? I'm too emotionally unstable for this. <laughs> I need to do some sit-ups. I don't know. Oh, wait. Oh, he jumped me from the back. Oh, yeah. oh, quick. Oh, I'm too chubby to make it underneath the bottom rope totally. It takes me a second. Throw it into the ring. Oh, he's begging for mercy now. I'm begging for mercy on the side of the ring. I even offered to go get something to eat with him here in a second. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I got there. I'm like, what are you saying? Let's go to the wagon wheel and get some some oh. oh, no, he's kicking you. Oh, no. Clint is down. <laughs> Colton standing Cash on standing down. on top of Colton Cash. Oh. <laughs> you Man, I was brutal. Colton Cash. Oh. Watch this place. That didn't hurt that bad. No, this hurts. <laughs> oh, chopped to the chest. Open-handed. Oh, another one's coming. No, wait. Oh. Two-handed. Two hands. Man, you felt that through your purple singlet. I did. Oh, he blocks it. Cold oh, cash. Oh, what was that? That was the cane chop to the throat. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that's oh, the big. Now the Colton Cash with the upper hand throwing the big haymaker. <laughs> I'm, ch I'm choking him. Now Colton Cash is choking him against the rope. No, I'm not doing anything. Right. Cash is like, he's telling the ref, like, hey, hey, let's take it easy. That's the referee stupid because I know I said I know I got to five. I just broke to four seconds. <laughs> oh man. Oh, what a vicious arm bar right there. That's right. Oh man. Okay, yanking on the arm. Poor guy. Look at this. What was that? That's an arm. I'm going up for a, a belly down arm bar. Oh, okay. Belly down arm bar. Belly down arm bar. You know, belly I didn't know there was such thing as a belly down arm bar. There is a belly down arm bar. Okay. Oh, no. You're using the rope. That's illegal. Using the rope for cash. leverage. A classic dastardly heel technique. That's illegal, Colton Cash. How dare you? How dare you use the rope to help your remote over there? Oh, he's pleading his case with the ref. And all these fans are against me. Right here, I'm saying, ask that guy right there, pointing to a trash can. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at Kamora lock. Oh. That is a high-level black belt Brazilian jiu-jitsu with a Kamora lock. <laughs> yeah, there we go. And, Working uh, that black belt right there. Yeah, well, they tried Really, really wrenching it in. Now, what's your opponent's name again? Raven Moreau. Moreau. Yeah, Moreau. Raven Moreau. Heck, heck of a wrestler. Heck of a guy. Oh, you kick him out. Kick him out because I'm like, oh, you know what? I want. He's telling oh, me to keep him alone, let him get back in the ring. And I'm just enjoying arguing with the referee. It was as much fun arguing with the referee as it was wrestling. Yeah. Because he was a good one. He knew how to. Oh no, here now oh, he's going by the beard. He's got him in a chokehold, reverse chokehold with yep. uh Raven Moreau on the floor and Raven uh, he, Colton a, Cash is reaching over the ropes. Oh, that, you're not telling him he's like you're choking him. You can't choke him like that. I'm pulling his beard. 
And I'm like, I've read the rule book. It says I can pull beer. He's like, you need to read it again. <laughs> There's a guy in a gray shirt. Oh, the big comeback here. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Raven's punching oh. from outside the ring. He's barely staying on the – Thank you in his eyes, though. What a what a dastardly, dastardly individual. That's right. Oh, Raven rolls in the ring. It, right now, it looks like Colton Cash just didn't – couldn't think of anything else to do. He's like, I'm just going to go for a Kamora again. That's right. Oh, oh Colton Cash is on right. top of him. Raining down blows. Choking him here. What a picking him up. Still so talking like, to the crowd. I'm like, I'm, he's going to pay because y'all called me Barney. Some little blonde on the front row giving Colton Cash the Oh, he's going, throws him into the corner. Oh. And the big splash. The big splash. Oh, oh, Raven falls to the ground. He can't take it. Down. That was a good Down. dramatic fall by Raven there. Colton Cash. Oh, no. oh. oh the I'm on the second row. Look out, folks. Oh, he oh. gets the boot up. He lifted oh. his boot up. Raven lifts his boot up. Oh, then the headbutt to Colton Cash. Another headbutt. Oh, another one. I like this Raven guy. Oh, the big foot to the face. Colton oh. Cash is down, folks. Colton Cash. Oh, Raven with his own elbow off the second rope. He goes for the pin, and it's over. Colton Cash, you, Colton Cash loses. You were ahead the whole match. Yeah, I, had, I thought I had it won, and now I've got to, you know, the refs check it on me, and I get up here in a second. I get up, and I won't force y'all to any, but I get the crowd chanting Barney one more time at me. Oh, good, good. And the. Uh, Anyway, now, okay, now that was fun to watch, Clint, and, and I know that was fun for you to That's do. Entertaining, very entertaining. Now, and when you talked about the best part, of course, was your son Austin was there on the front row. Oh, yeah. Was he chanting Barney? Well, and you see, that was part of the deal is, is we had planned to get the Barney chant going. And I told and Austin didn't want to start the chance. I promised him a milkshake. Yeah, he says he started it, but I don't. I think he froze a little bit, but he did have the, he had the time of his life. Another one of our ma the matches that were on that card, they did a, um, they did a suicide dive out of the ring and landed like literally right next to him. Oh, wow. it wasn't planned, but he was just he was ecstatic. But he had the he had the time of his life. And Draven, Draven Morrow was my opponent. He's actually got a big oh. match come well. I was, you know, Sorry. I, he's got a big Sorry, match Draven. coming up. July the twenty, July the second in North Little Rock, an event called the Catalina Wine Mixer. Ah, stepbrothers. But they um, but he's wrestling Grant Gangrel. Oh wow! So yeah, he's really excited about it. Heck, heck of a heck of a worker, and it, it was a, you know, I, I was telling people like, what more could you ask for in your last match? But yeah. hometown. Getting yeah. to getting to do that, and you know, it made me think of it. I was trained in wrestling by a guy that you introduced me to, Lynn Johnson. Yeah, uh, Bo, this guy Lynn, he uh, was a friend of mine that uh, I met through a church camp we worked at, and Lynn was the mad chef 
was his gimmick. <laughs> and I'll never forget, we were at a show one time, and uh, he had this girl that would come out as like his French, French maid. She was a out, French chef. Yeah, and uh, this girl, Julie, another one of our friends, she would come out dressed, you know, and he had taught her a few things or whatever. Well, he got his boss uh, that he worked for at the time uh, had a little daughter that was a cute little redheaded girl. She was, you know, about 10 years old or so. And she, you know, he's going around and, and then the maid comes over and the little girl's got him a pie. And it's just, it's just like a cool whip pie or something like that. But it's, you know, he, she's got a little pie and the maid comes up to him and says, oh, look, she made you a pie. And he goes, oh, and he took a taste of it and poof, spit it out and then dumped <laughs> it on the little girl's head. Oh, no. <laughs> and of course, you know, her dad and everybody, I mean, they were in on it. The little girl knew it was going to happen. But you talk about getting the heat from a crowd. You know, oh, that, you, know you saw Clint doing that. I mean, that was perfect what Clint did at Greenbrier, saying, you know, talking about it about Greenbrier and yeah, how talking bad good about Bologna. That's all you had to do right there. <laughs> no, you know, that's your favorite Lynn story. And I didn't want to just, I could fill up this entire podcast with old funny wrestling stories. But one of my favorite ones is we were doing a show in Fordyce, Arkansas. And we'd rented somebody else's ring because I, I don't even remember why. So the main event that night was me and the Mad Chef versus Scott Fury and Kid Crazy. And so they go to arm drag and Scott Fury is one of them guys that always had to have the glory. He always wanted to be the glory. He hated taking the pin. He always wanted to pin. And so it always worked out because kid crazy had a cooler finish and move. We'd let him get the pin mm. it worked out that night where he was going to pin me. Well, we're into the match and Lynn takes a big arm drag bump. The center beam down the middle of the ring snaps in two. Now, fortunately, this is the main event. So we're the last match. So the ring sunk in. I mean, it is like, it is like of you. And Lynn rolls out of the ring. And I was like, hey, Lynn, what do you think? Pinfalls count anywhere? And he goes, and Lynn's trained all of us. So we're going to do what Lynn says. You know, Lynn is the man. We're going to do whatever Lynn says. Lynn's like, no, no, no. And so he gets on there. He lifts up the, cur the, the, the skirt of the ring. And he goes, you guys want a match? Picks up the microphone. How about pinfalls count anywhere? <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but the funniest part about that was is that because Scotty wanted to pin me so bad, uh, mm -hmm. Kid Crazy actually frog slashed me on the concrete from off the top rope. Oh, I'm like, and I'm like, we ain't beating this. There's yeah. there's not a spot we can do to top this. So I laid there when they counted three. Yeah, <laughs> Scotty was because we had no what idea how to match. I was like, this is as good a thing as any because we just beat each other all over the armory, flew yeah. into lockers, and anyway. Yeah, that's awesome. W well, w that's neat, man. That's good. That's cool, Clint. I'm glad you got to do that. Well, now let's let's switch gears a little bit and let's uh, let's talk some baseball. Last week the Hogs had a good week. Uh, you know, they I guess they played uh, UAPB right, and they won both of those games. Was it two games they played them? Yeah, they played two games, two doubleheader. And then they got the big sweep. Get out the brooms, sweep them up. You know, we've actually against LSU. 
We have swept LSU in all three major sports this year. That's right. What is it, seven? I've been saying that. Seven or eight games straight, yeah. Seven or eight games straight, you know, across multiple sports that, you know, we we have ruled over LSU. Which is so so good. That's that's awesome. That's right. That's so good. Yeah. Well, uh, Bo, tell us a little bit about where the team's at, like who the – you know, we talked a little bit last week, but, you know, fill us in a little more on, you know, there's been some more stuff, I guess, this week. But who are some of the players that are kind of sticking out to you? And, and uh, and well, first of all, let's talk pitching. Yeah, well, I was going to start when you say, pit, you know, what players are sticking out. If Really, if you compare it to the last couple of years, our, uh, our conference starting rotation is probably as good now as we've been in a couple of years. You know, that's always been a big if. We've had, you know, that one guy that could go out there and get you what you needed. Of course, last year it was all about Kevin Copps. It didn't matter who you started. He was going to come in and throw five or six innings and, you know, beat whoever. Um, but this year, that's you know, it's Connor Nolan. I mean, he is, you know, he's returned back to form what we've seen him as a, as a freshman, you know, being that Friday starter. I think he was perfect through three innings the other night. You know, no hitter through four and ended up going out in six innings. It ended up being one of his shorter outings lately. You know, he's been going seven or eight innings. Um, I think he had seven Ks in that. And then, uh, of course, Hagen Smith is a freshman. He had a heck of a game, seven innings, seven Ks, no runs. I think he only gave up like freshman, freshman of the week this week. Man. Yeah. SEC. Right. He's also the freshman, SEC freshman of the week. Um, then Jackson Wiggins, he's, you know, he's kind of doing what everybody hoped he would last year and he's mm-hmm. turned it on. He's probably been the most inconsistent out of, out of those three to me. I mean, he still pitched great. I think he's now, now he's, what year is Wiggins? Is he a sophomore or is he a junior? I'm not sure on his year. I know last year was his first year in Arkansas, but I don't know. Okay. Um, I'm thinking he's a sophomore. I thought he was a freshman last year. You've got you to gotta think. Next year, they'll have Wiggins and um, we oh, hate Yeah. Yeah, you got – and plus, then, you know, you're looking at possibly having Peyton Paulette back next year if he don't go in the draft this year. He well, was hurt. And what's the closer's name? Is it Tiger? That's why I got into my head, Tiger. Oh, Tiger. He's yeah. A, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so – and that's what I thought, Travis. They're winning different because last year it really felt like we're going to out hit everybody, and then we'll eventually call the cops. Mm-hmm. That's and right. That, but the, it just seems like the front line pitching is is there this year because um, Connor Nolan has just looked unbelievable. He's yeah, you know, he he like through six innings or more, you know, because you turn around and look at some of our bullpen guys like Zebulon Vermillion. He's been around for a while, but he's kind of had a, you know, a breakout year this year to me, really. He's always been good, but this year he's been really good. Um, you got Morris, Taylor, um, then, of course, Tiger. There's, you know, them three, them are like the guy in Ramage. You know, those are the go-to guys that coming out of the pen. But I think what highlights it a lot is the, Man, our defense has been pretty stellar this year. You know, them them guys have the confidence to go out there and throw their pitch, and they know, you know, even if they don't make the perfect pitch, their defense is behind them gonna and is gonna clean it up. Well, I think we got as good an infield as anybody in the country um, with Caden Wallace, Robert Moore, 
um, and uh, Jalen Battles. And I'm brain far on the first the first baseman's name. Peyton Stovall. Stovall, yeah. Yeah. Now, didn't he, I hear something about we're third in the country in fielding percentage right now? Something like that. Um, yeah. So percentage or whatever. Yeah, we're right up there in the top three. I mean, that's yeah. a – I can't remember. I think – I can't remember which team. I just seen that today that we're in the top three. I can't remember who's number one. But, yeah, we're right up there. I think, believe it or not, your boy Peyton Wallace – I mean, excuse me, Caden Wallace, I was thinking Stovall. You know, he's got the most errors on the team with five, which is not that many over, you know, however many games they've played, 30-some-odd games so far. Um, but, man, he is – that dude has came on as a third baseman. I know that's what he was brought up there for. They just put him in the outfield last year just to get his bat in the lineup. Yeah. He has proven himself to be – you know, I, I'm scared he's going to be gone after this year. Well, he'll have to come back next year because he's just a sophomore this year. So we're going to get him one more year. I thought I thought they said he was going to be eligible this year. Mm. Is that not right? I don't, I don't well, believe. I don't. I don't think so. But okay. I could be I, wrong. I'm a good ninety-nine point nine percent sure, and I'm always right, <laughs> except for that point one percent of the time. Except for that. One. Uh, yeah. yeah, and maybe they've just been talking about his draft stock so much. I'm thinking that he's going to be eligible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's having a man. You know, he's having a heck of a year. I think he's batting like in the 300 somewhere. Yeah, I can't 321. remember. 321. 321. Um, only Turner's higher than him, Michael Turner, our catcher. Yeah, he's batting 344. Yeah. Uh, which, which is so, which is such the opposite of what we had last year. Because, you know, last year we had Opitz never was going to let the lot the world on fire with his bat. But, right. Yeah have moments that he would, you know, he was, he could be clutch, but he wasn't going to be your leading average guy. But that's one thing I, I like more about this team than I did last year. You know, last year, even though we were ranked one and, you know, won all those SEC series, you know, there was just something about it that it always scared me, whether it was the pitching or the hitting might go yeah. cold, you know, something. This year's team, even though, yeah, we do have a series loss against Florida, they seem more complete as a hitting and pitching team this year there's no real holes you had Webb that was kind of you know start the season Webb and Stovall matter of fact Webb didn't even play much the first several weeks because he couldn't hit and you know that was a big hole in our outfield without him being in center field and he kind of broke out of his slump and man I think him and Slavens he's got what eight home runs Slavens got is Slavens Slavens started out at 123 on the season right now Seven. He still has a lower batting average, but he's up to seven home runs. You but know, to go start- from 0-23 to being one of our most consistent hitters right now, you know, right. and his, his batting average isn't great. It's 270. But considering where it was and where he's brought it up from, right. uh, I think if you looked at it over the last few weeks, it, it would be a, it'd be one of the highest batting averages we have. Now, Bo, there's something that concerns me. We talked about it a little bit last week, but – uh I got a little more of a, a stat number to get behind it here this week. Oh, um, no, not stats. I know. The team is hitting 222 with runners on base. Right. That's not good, Bo. But that's that's a little scary. That's one of the – that's, you know, one of their downfalls is they've left a lot of runners on base. 
They've let a lot, left a lot of guys stranded out there. So they can't quite – now, this year, this this weekend against LSU, you know, they come up with some pretty clutch hits. Now, LSU helped them out on some errors as well. I mean, they still had to hit the ball hard, but LSU did help them out with a few errors. But, you know, they they have struggled in that area. That's, that's the one thing they're going to need to do, especially when they – you know, we got – we still have to play Vandy, you know, Ole Miss – Mississippi State, we still got to run run the gambit of of SEC teams. I mean, well, you know, face it, any SEC team you face can, you know, can beat most anybody. But, you know, we've still got a long ways to go. And we get to those Vanderbilts and Mississippi States, they're going to have to – they're going to have to get them runs across the, the yeah. plate. Very well, true. The go thing ahead. is, that's what – to me, that's what's held us up in the in – the, little in the world series in Omaha the last couple of years is we've stranded too many runners on. And if we don't have some guys that can come up clutch, it's going to hurt us this year when we get there. Cause you know, we can talk about, you know, we, we like the way we're improving, you know, and, and the pitching, like you said, the starting rotation has turned out great. We're our back end pitchers are looking pretty good. You know, we're, we're starting to feel good about closer and, and all that stuff. And our hitters are coming around. You know, we talked about Webb and Stovall coming around and Wallace is staying consistent. And now Robert Moore's won this struggle. I was just fixing to say, that's to me, that's the one guy that you've got to get going. You know, I think now out of the starters, he's got the lowest batting average. And well, I, think you know, I think it's a matter of time because, I mean, he's, he's a pro. I mean, he's a college kid, but he's a pro. Yeah, oh, yeah. He, I, you're right. I think it's a matter of time. But in my mind, he's the one guy. If you can get him going, he was that clutch hitter last year that would step up when you didn't, when you knew nobody else could get a hit. You look up and big time Bob was sitting there, you know, at the plate, you know, and that scared everybody when he came up to bat. Now, what you know, I like about this, go ahead. I'm sorry. I interrupted you both. No, I was thinking, like, just littlest guy out there in the, in the league. And he was probably the scariest hitter last year. In a clutch. Well, I have a time. I, I have a tendency to just love the sound of my own voice. But um, <laughs> as, as you know, if you listen to the podcast. Um, but no, I, I think it's a matter of time before he gets going because he was the clutch guy last year. Mm-hmm. And I well, think and he is the one guy. Like if you ask me, you know, you know, like in basketball, we we wanted uh, who what was the name? Chris Light. You know, shooting free throws at the end of a game. You know. Mm-hmm. You asked me one guy from that basketball team shooting free throws in the game. That's who we wanted. If you ask me one guy, still, I would say Robert Moore. If, if I need a, to push a run home, he's the guy, right. like you said. So, sorry, Clint, go ahead. Well, no, and I think that this team peaked too soon last year. You know, I think this team hit their stride, you know, just too soon last year. Um, and I, and I wonder if that's what's going to happen to Tennessee this year. Cause you know, we, Tennessee has been by far and away the best team in baseball. Now this could have been our holy snikes moment of the week very easily. Had I not don, donned a purple singlet one last time, <laughs> but uh, did you see Ten- what happened with Tennessee's manager or coach? Yeah. Did oh, they yeah. ever come down with a punishment for him? Game, there was a rumor that him and Danny White got into it, into it after the game, and that Danny White had threatened to fire him. But wow, well, I don't, 
I don't well, tell, tell about what happened, Clint. Sorry, or Bo. Well, I just know he got into it with an umpire. I have not seen the video. I don't care to yeah, look you it see up. The video, Bo. Uh, yeah, the man, the third base coach, if I'm not mistaken, I hadn't seen all of it. I just caught a, a glimpse of it. Um, something happened, and the third base coach got thrown out. Like he, he, the, all of a sudden they tossed the third base coach, and it didn't look like really over anything. I don't know if he said something that just the camera didn't pick up, you know, his mouth or whatever. But whatever was said, he tossed the third base, the third base coach. Well, then Vitello comes out, and, of course, he's getting all over the guy. And then they toss him, and that's when he runs out there and, you know, does a slow-pitch softball hip check on him. You know, it looked like we were playing weekend ball out there. Yeah. And they tossed him then. And I, I really don't know what led to the situation. I hadn't watched that. I just – I know it created a bunch of controversy. And then, um, you know, there's been a bunch going around now that, you know, oh, well, that started the whole thing that, like, Vitello was maybe looked at as the guy that would replace DBH when he retires. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like his protege. He taught him everything he knows. Obviously, he's a good coach. Look at what he's done at Tennessee in a few years. Um, but then all of a sudden you see the, you know, everybody's starting to flare up going, well, there's no way he's coming here. He don't have any class. No, you know, look at Tennessee's program. They're classless, but, you know, on and on. And of course, then a video surfaced today of Van Horn. He didn't hip check him, but I mean, he's like right up in the guy's face, he even turns his hat around sideways. So he don't headbutt him with the bill of his cap. And I mean, he's in his face and, uh, they're like, oh, you mean this Van Horn? That's that's with this much class. It's, it's, yeah. There's been a bunch of going back and forth. You know, when we, if we play them in the SEC tournament this year, man, it's going to be a fiery game. That's going to be one to watch. Right. Just and to be years. honest, Tennessee didn't know they had a baseball team before Vitello got there. I mean, they oh, they I mean, they didn't even know it was like an it was an afterthought. It was like or hockey club at Arkansas. No one cared. <laughs> That's the way I mean, highly successful hockey, hockey club. Yeah, no, apparently they're highly successful. I, I don't know. I don't care. I That's right. I don't watch the news. But, um, but yeah, but so they're the next one now. No, that's baseball. Now we're wrapping up. I think that, you know, everybody thinks that the spring game is in the spring, but they actually have three more practices left for the football team. That's right. The football team is, uh, um, yeah, they got either two or three. One of them may have been today. Um, they have some more practices. They had a spring game. It was supposed to be a spring game Saturday, but uh, they ended up having to go inside because of the weather, And, and but they had a lot of recruits in. Oh, and wow. because they had a lot of recruits in, there was some things happening off the field first that I think we need to bring up that uh, – and, and I wasn't able to get any – stats on this yet but uh, yeah i don't think the details pittman, are out there but apparently pittman has his contract yeah and according to him uh he said they can fire me but i ain't going nowhere i can't leave i can't yeah, leave. I, well i didn't know that they had had these you know off-field incidents whatever happened but i did see the clip today where they were talking about where he made that statement and my first you know, at my mind, I went back to after football season when he was, he didn't have that same thing, but he was like, Hey, I'm not going anywhere. You know, I'm here at Arkansas. So I thought maybe that's what they're talking about. So huh, 
That's interesting. No, yeah, he, he said in his press conference after the deal, because it leaked out during the scrimmage, the press started hearing about it. So they asked him about it afterwards. He said, well, he said, I guess so. He said, I've agreed to what they offered, and they've agreed. That I so, agree. So I guess it's done. He said, but there's no details out. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, but he did say it does have a no-compete clause. And the rumor has it that it's a no-compete clause with any Power 5 program. Now, I don't know if that's that that's not that's not substantiated, okay? So that's not well, that's in the, a, one, that's in the one thing he said, he goes, it is in recruiting, it, we are selling stability. He goes, we're one of eight of the 130 Division One programs that have the same head coach, offensive coordinator, and defensive coordinator. That's right. Over the, the last three years. years. And, right. if you, and if you listen to Kendall Browse and Barry Odom, people are going to keep coming after him. It oh, is. Yeah. People are going to keep coming after him. But they have no interest in going anywhere to be a coordinator. None. And so speaking I, of coming after him, apparently he also let slip. I don't know if he let slip, but he said in the press conference that somebody came after Cody Kennedy. And now out today is Cody Kennedy's raise that he's getting. He's getting a $300,000 a year raise. Oh, wow. To coach the offensive line. He came to Arkansas for $300,000 was his base salary. Right. He got a $100,000 year raise last year. And then for this new contract, he's up to seven hundred thousand. Now, and, th and this is something I and I, my notes that I put on there because I, I watched I watched the press conference and the walk and talk at the end of the, uh, and I have some notes here that I I wrote down about, but one but the last thing I wrote down is the depth on this team feels mm. different. That's right. It feels like this is a deeper team than we had in. Past and I and I'm gonna talk about the offensive line. Um, Ricky Stromberg and Dalton Wagner have been down a lot. They've been hurt. Uh, one thing that I did, they they've really been high on Brady Latham. They said he can play all five positions on the offensive line, and that he's gonna that he's gonna get a, that he's got to look at left tackle. Um, another guy they mentioned is Tyrese Crawford, offensive line transfer. From that, apparently he's been playing a lot of right tackle because Wagner's been down. And you remember, last year Wagner had back issues. He came back, man. So it wouldn't shock me if you see Crawford take that position. And they also said that they're going to give Crawford a look at left tackle. Um, but that's not even counting St. John, the Little Rock Towers they brought in, Chambly and that. I mean, the yeah. depth on the offensive line is just wow. Well, and then Luke Jones is up for the start at left tackle. Yeah. Well, I think that the if if you were if you're gonna strut him out right now, I'd say Luke Jones would be left tackle and Latham would be the guard, or vice versa. And providing that Stromberg and Limmer and Wagner Health that they probably start, that Luke Jones would be the fifth guy. No, but you're right. I think I think the offensive line depth is it and it's good depth. Yeah. They don't feel like they're losing anything with those backups. You know, they feel I like, think, you know, when they, when they say they feel like Latham could fill in at any position and do well, um, you got to have guys like that, right? You got to yeah. have those Swiss Army knife guys that you can plug and play anywhere. And then 
and especially on an offensive line like that. And then, yeah, and then Crawford, they say, is just such a beast. He's just so – he just right. – he, he's just got the look. He's got the build of an offensive lineman. He looks like an SEC offensive lineman. So they say they, they've got to find a way to get him on the field. And, and I think they're going to try to one of these one of these one of the ways. And like I said, is Georgia had two five-star offensive linemen enter enter the transfer portal that Pittman had recruited to Georgia. And I'm sitting here like, we don't need them. That's right. We don't. I mean, we we just don't. I mean, yeah, maybe they'd come in and beat the guy out, but why waste a scholarship on somebody we've already got quality starters in? And uh, who already knows the plays, already feel good about. Right. Um, Go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, it's been a while at Arkansas overall. You know, we had the same problem in basketball or having the same problem, you know, like, hey, we're going to have to get somebody off the – roster so we can get this guy in here you know we've got all these guys coming in now you've got that in football baseball's kind of been that way for a little while you know and uh i heard today i was i was reading an article and it was talking a little bit it said you know there said arkansas is on a lot of people's minds right now and in a lot of people's mouths being talked about negatively and they said that's because for the first time in a long time we're truly a powerhouse again across all sports they said we must be doing something right everybody's talking about you know everybody's starting to trash talk us you know before it's kind of like who's that jermaine guy from alabama you know we were what's all you know he's got levels of names that he calls us we were you know been baking bits for years and you know now we we climbed the step i can't remember the how we how we ended up on his last one but you know that's usually an indication of your program when everybody's mad at you like they are Alabama. It's usually because you're doing something right. Yeah. Well, and some other guys that they that really got a lot of praise was Keytron Jackson. A lot of people said that he was the second best receiver on campus last year. Um, now everybody, of course, everybody's everybody was going to want to talk about uh, Malik Hornsby. Um, he's been pretty consistent out there. Malik uh, Hornsby had a couple bombs in, uh, and they <laughs> Jalen Catalan was asked about him. Said, what what do you think whenever you line up and you see Malik Hornsby out there? He said, I think, oh no. <laughs> because he said he can do anything. And he said he's yeah. he's faster than anybody else we're gonna have to cover. Yeah. Um, and well, and a lot of people said he's already the second best that Jackson was second best wide receiver last year. Mm-hmm. And but with, with somebody like Hornsby, you got to figure out how to get him on the field. Now, another guy that they talked about is Cade Fordham. They said he is looking really, really good. And that quarterback. Now we're really thin at quarterback, especially with Lucas Coley transferring to Houston. But a lot of people saying that, you know, he 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 was getting moved down the depth chart. And that yeah, was and that's the reason he decided to leave for sure. Yeah. So Cade, Cade will be um will be that now. Another thing that they're talking about is Rocket Johnson going to Tom Brady. Rocket Sanders going to Tom Brady, Dominic Johnson. I think he's going to. He's uh, he's looking the part because they said last year he's a freshman and he you could tell like I'm thinking I'm moving, and now he's moving as he's thinking. And well, he, and, and not to you know, hey, I guess we got to brag a little bit. I said many times on here 
when Rocket Sanders starts running the ball like a running back and not like a wide receiver at running back, he's going to be a totally different player and he's going to make a huge impact. And what does Sam Pittman say a couple of weeks ago in his press conference? He said, I like Rocket Sanders. He's starting to run the ball like a running back instead of like a receiver. <laughs> okay. So he's, he's starting to, to get his cuts right. He's starting to learn how to make cuts quickly out of the backfield. He's reading his holes or reading his gaps. His vision's getting better. Look, <clears throat> he, to, to me, he's a extremely gifted. And once he, if he's getting that stuff figured out, the way they're talking about, then, I mean, Dominic Johnson's still going to get to play a lot, you know, but it's going to, it's going to be Rocket Sanders, I think, be the first back out there. You're, you're going to see Especially them. if he can pass pro, if he can do his job. But now, but here's what, but here's the, you know, we've talked about Dominic Johnson. We talked about Rocket Sanders. We haven't talked about A.J. Green, um, Joiner. And A.J. Green's up to like 214 yeah. pounds or so. You know, I look at 11, something like that. He's gained a little weight and still got speed. I said, I said this before, and I say this again, just as important as locking those coordinators up is locking Jamil Walker up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's got Trey Knox looking like a tight end. It looks the way he's doing to AJ green, lock that man up, give him, make him the highest paid strength and conditioning coach in the country. Yeah. He don't need to go anywhere. He is mm-hmm. that important. Um, now, on the other Trey side. Knox was they interviewed Trey Knox the other day. He was in the press conference after after practice. He's up to two forty five. Huh? I think he's up to two forty five. He looks hurt. And, like and, and it's muscle big. It's not yeah. You know, it's not it's not uh bigger T big. <laughs> but uh he said uh they asked him, they said, How are you liking the transition to tight end? And he man, he got a huge smile on his face. He said, I think I can make a lot of money playing tight end. Oh. <laughs> now that means he's loving it. <laughs> now I want to talk about some defense players. There's two guys I'm gonna I'm gonna mention. And I love what Sam Pittman said about him as prayer program. Eric Thomas, a defensive lineman, and uh Kiwan Parker, cornerback. He he's worked his way up. You know, what do them two guys have in common? They were on the scout team last year. They weren't playing. They were out there. They were pretending to be Alabama. They were pretending to be Georgia. They were doing that. And and Pittman's like, they had it in their mind. They ain't going to do that again. And they were going to get off the scout team and that they were they were going to play. They were going to prove everybody they can play. That's what you should do. And I, also, and I love what Pittman said about the transfer portal, too. And I, I know this isn't what we're talking about, but it popped into my mind. He said the transfer portal to me was about kids that were over-recruited. They didn't mess up. We messed up by recruiting them. Yeah. We evaluated them. That's what the transfer portal was for. So take on that. Yeah. I like his take on that. But those two guys, he also talked really well about Isaiah Nichols. Of course, Isaiah Nichols played a lot last year when Ridgeway, you know, was down a little bit. Um, the linebacker crew, it sounds like the rotation is going to be because they had that three man rotation. Everybody's raving about Drew Sanders transfer from Alabama. Um, now that being said, just because he thinks the transfer portal was is, that's what it's used for, don't mean he ain't gonna take a five star from Alabama. <laughs> right. And there's I was, what I like 
Say that again, Bo. I was going to ask you all about the linebackers because I hadn't heard a lot about them. But, I, you know, we lost a lot, obviously, last year. I don't think we're going to miss a beat at linebacker because they also um, – Chris Paul was another guy. He was, a true he was a true freshman last year, played four games. Um, so he kept his red shirt. He's going to be a red shirt freshman this year. They are – and I think – and speaking of transfers, like Lucas Coley seeing the writing on the wall. Andrew Parker, another solid player that you thought was going to see a lot. I think he saw the writing on the wall with Drew Sanders, Bumper Pool, and Chris Paul. I think he saw them. And they, and they talked about – there's a couple of other young guys that I'm um, missing. Clint, I'm, I'm totally with you on that. I think, you know, at first we're thinking, man, we're going to miss – and we are going to miss Morgan. We are going to miss Henry as far as their leadership and things like that. But I think on the play on the field – I really don't think we're going to miss them that much because I, I agree with you. I think with uh, uh, the transfer from, oh, heck, what's his name? Transfer from uh, Alabama. Sanders, Drew Sanders. Sanders. You know, one thing they keep talking about with him is his pass rush. So he's going to be standing up, but they're going to be blitzing that dude a lot. They're going to send him, they're going to send him to the quarterback. And they say he has a swim move that is out of this world. And Bumpers has tried to incorporate the swim move. But, you know, coaches don't teach swim moves like they used to because the, the strength that offensive line coaches, offensive linemen have nowadays, you can get off, you know, off kilter, you know, off your balance a little bit, and you can get taken out of the play really easy on a swim move. But, man, he – they say his, his pass rush – is like all the other linebackers are going to him for tips on pass rush. Hmm. And then Chris and call him Pooh, by the way. Yeah, Pooh. Nickname's Pooh. He loves – and he says, I, I prefer to go by Pooh. Okay. Anyway, he said – they asked where he got that. He said, well, when my mom started yelling at it at Pee Wee games as a kid, <laughs> he said, uh, everybody started calling me that. But I'm with you, Clint. He's he's one that I think, uh, and if you get a chance, there, there's you know he, there's an interview with him, and he's you can tell he's nervous. It was his first press conference ever as a Razorback, and uh, you can tell he was nervous. But he's a well-spoken kid, hmm. and a lot of the I know a lot of the media types were leaving that saying that's going to be our spokesman of the future for the Razorback. Team. Right. And he, he listed off three or four cornerbacks that weren't Hudson Clark, and Hudson Clark's a solid cornerback too. So the depth and the defensive in the secondaries really, really well. They uh, Listen to Trey Biddy said if they could find a big – of course, they, he used John Ridgway's name. John Ridgway just ain't out there in the transfer portal every year. Yeah. But they could find another big guy to kind of plug, not, not to – just to add some depth, not really to start, but they seem really happy. Uh, one thing they have done is um, they moved uh, Miles Slusher from safety to the nickelback position mm -hmm. so they could get him and uh, Catalan on the field at the same time. It, it's about getting – moved over to corner. Right. They he's looked flashing really well there. Yeah, they but they they I guess they said if they started right now that Parker and Chavis would be your two starting cornerbacks. Um, Catalan would be the safety. And, of course um, – um, Slusher would be the nickelback and then somebody else. But I'm excited. I mean, like I said, the depth on this team 
is just it's SEC depth. It's like last year we got to Alabama, we got to Auburn, we were beat up, and it just it was what it was. And this year I'm like, okay, we're, we're I I think this team is ready for this gauntlet of a schedule that we have. Well, I'm ready for football. Now that being said, there's one guy we can't afford to lose, and his name is Kenneth Jefferson. <laughs> We got you know, KJ, man, and you know, listening to him too, he is, uh, he's dialed in. Yeah, you know, he's, uh, he's. You hear him talk. He talks more and more every time you hear him talk about being a leader, and stepping up more as a leader, and you know, leading these other guys. Um, you gotta love that out of your quarterback, man. You gotta love it. It's so good. Well, man. We got a lot of stuff in this show. We did. We did. It, it flies by when you're watching a man in purple spandex. <laughs> we have, we've got video of you in a purple singlet. Thankfully, there were shorts on over the bottom path. Right. Praise the Lord. Um, but, yeah, uh, Bo, man, we appreciate you being on here today. And, uh, you know, want to plug the Harmony Grove Hornets. They're number one in – 3A, right? For one and 3A and 17 overall in the state. And uh, both son Mason pitches and plays first base mostly. Moves around a little bit there, but uh, but having a having a pretty good year. How's his batting average? Uh, I think right now he's at 280. He kind of okay. he had midseason struggle. He started off pretty good. Um, Kind of lost his swing there and started popping a bunch of stuff up there mid-season, but he uh, he tweaked, worked at it, tweaked a few things, and now he's back to back to hitting. So hopefully he's gonna bring that bring that back up into three hundreds. There you go. And that team has a lot of kids his age, right? Tenth grade. Uh, there are two tenth graders, five sophomores, or excuse me, five juniors that start. Okay. And well, that be two more. Yeah, two seniors. So yeah, they're they're a young they're a young team. So they're they're doing mm-hmm. pretty good. They ought to make a good run at state. At least we're we're hoping they will this year. Cool deal. Well, guys, listen, uh, or folks out there listening, we hope you enjoyed this podcast. I uh, we we put out a couple of, uh, uh, and I need to I need to share it on the social media. But we put out some other. Uh, some little short videos, okay? I'm playing with the editor here, and uh, we got one where uh, last week we were recording this, and right at the end of it, Clint gets a warning on his phone about a tornado coming. Uh, but we, we talked about Easter egg hunts and how they And we keep going on this podcast. Is that's what we do for you and Greg. Clint was in danger. The tornado was bearing danger. down on Greenbrier. And, Didn't sirens going off. I'm bringing you people podcast magic. That's right. Right. (laughs) And then we had an episode up a couple weeks ago where uh Clint was getting some rumblies in his tummy and uh he needed to 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 stop in the middle and and stop in the middle. He just got up and left. Well, then at the end, (laughs) he just plays the Elvis has left the building on me, man. He just goes like. I've given Travis eyes like, please stop talking. I've got to go. I'm over here like. "Mm." 
<laughs> well, I was watching it back, Bo, and his face, man, you can see on his face when his stomach starts telling him that. You can see on his face he's going, Travis, just shut up. God, <laughs> close it off, man. And so it was so funny. I, so I took a clip of the end of that, and I, I, um, I put it on. It's on YouTube. Uh, I'll share it on Facebook and stuff like that. But uh, by the time this video gets out, it'll be out there. But uh, anyway, go back and watch those. They're short, they're funny, uh, lots of fun. But anyway, you can you can listen to us or watch us on YouTube. Uh, share it, share the videos, like it. Uh, this is one you want to see, by the way. Uh, we're on Amazon. We're on Apple. We're on Google. We're on iHeartRadio, we're on TuneIn Radio, we're on Stitcher, we're on, uh, where else, Clint? Play FM, I think. Christian uh, Mingle. <laughs> Christian Mingle. <laughs> uh, Podbean. Uh, we're, we're, man, we're everywhere. So if you want to download this, oh, oh Spotify, I forgot Spotify. Uh, if you want to download these episodes, uh, any of our older episodes, we don't forget, we got some great interview episodes that are not as time sensitive as the rest of this stuff, uh, Dion Holloman episode and uh, Danny Green, Danny Green, Dream, Green, uh, uh, MMA guy. Um, we the great episode, great interviews, okay? Both Not of just them. because we did them, but the great guys and yeah. some great stories. And so, and they say some good stuff. So, uh, go back and, and look those up and hey, share, like. On social media, shout us out. Um, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so people will be able to find us easier there. And, and when they do find us, they'll say, hey, what's this one about? And uh, they say, hey, these people talk good about it. And that's what we need. So we, are, we have the Paul Feinbaum endorsement. That's right. Don't forget, folks. Don't forget. Paul Feinbaum has watched at least seconds of our podcast. At least that's a right. few seconds. That's and a he bonus. said, and I sort of quote, oh, that looks pretty good. I'll have to check that out. No, no, you're misremembering, Travis. Oh, I, I did? He was like, that is the greatest podcast I've ever seen. Let <laughs> me get my phone out and immediately subscribe. <laughs> something like it's it's somewhere in between those two probably a little more toward more what between I what i said and this is the worst crap i've ever seen <laughs> somewhere in the middle somewhere somewhere in there but we you know whatever we got five months <laughs> what else do you need that's right well bo appreciate you buddy uh thanks yeah. again thanks for bringing the baseball knowledge to us and uh, and other knowledge, man. You got to you got to talk a little football and everything. Got to go wrestling. Hey man, I, I enjoy a wrestling match. I mean, you know, <laughs> who gets to enjoy and commentate a wrestling match? <laughs> That's All right, y'all. Right. Y'all two unbiased opinions. How did I do for my last wrestling match? I thought you went out on top. Forty-five-year-old guy who hadn't practiced in two years went out I there. I thought it was great, Clint. The main thing, and you know as well as I do, the main thing in a match like that is getting the crowd 
and working the crowd. And you've always been good at that and getting heat, getting people to not like you. Oh, natural. <laughs> I've been doing it to Robert Bresman since we were seven years old. Why did I ask you to help with a podcast if you're good at getting people to not like you? <laughs> would have said much better stuff (laughs) but no that to me that's where your genius is and and once again genius at work way to go colton cash wild card one last time that was it i even made a nice post on my facebook page day like any promoters if i call you and ask you to work tell me no people (laughs) that's right no i don't want to know but um draven morrow one more time um he's wrestling July the 2nd against Gangrel, former um, WWE wrestler, at the Catalina Wine Mixer in North Little Rock. If, if, you, if you're in town, go look it up. He's a great wrestler. It'll be a That's great the freaking Catalina Wine Mixer. Please. Freaking Catalina Wine Mixer. <laughs> <laughs> if you tell me, uh, what's, what's, what was the name of their company? Prestige Worldwide. Prestige Worldwide. It is the premier helicopter releasing event of the year <laughs> anyway all right if they need some singers and a drummer we, we you are available yeah. that's, <laughs> that's what we'll do if I, i'll come out of retirement one last time one more time i'm terry funk this y'all two come out though you play the drums travis you sing okay <laughs> that'll be the only one i come out of. that's the that's the one thing that'll get me to come out of retirement that's right yeah Catalina Wine all right well seriously y'all have a blessed week thank you so much for listening and and watching or whatever you're doing thank you so much we are blessed to have you and uh y'all are awesome be awesome have a great week sweat one filthy dirt harvest hurt kingdom come When I work, my hands get filthy down in this dirt Won't see no more than I hurt Cry in your kingdom come Listen I wake up in the morning I bow my head to pray Mama told me if I don't Ain't nothing gonna change These prayers breaking up hard rock So I can sow the seed In a and pain, Lord knows I gotta follow his lead, that's why I swear, when I work, my hands get filthy down in this dirt, won't see no more, till I hurt, cry in your kingdom come.